Breakfast Metal episode 118. As of time of recording, it's 1st July, so I thought a really good point as the halfway point of the year to take a look back at what I've been enjoying so far released in 2023. Obviously, a lot of these albums are out very recently, so my reviews will be quite short, they're not going to be as in-depth as usual, and some of them will probably end up being massive favourites of mine later in the year, so I might come back to them for for more in-depth reviews at a later date. Also, I'm going to do them in kind of random order of genre, rather like not group them together by genre because that might get really tedious for listeners who say don't like brutal death metal and don't want to hear me recommend four albums from that genre in a row. So on the subject of brutal death metal, the first band I want to cover today is Fanatophobia, um, a two-piece sort of international, one member from uh, Russia, one member from Belarus, playing a kind of quite interesting sort of techie brutal death metal like i think the obvious comparison point is something like afterbirth if any of you heard into the combines end of year wrap up they kindly invited me on i was very fond of their debut album from last year rebirth through destruction so they have released their second album internal metamorphosis ridiculously fast Their, their last album came out about september last year this one came out in march so barely like nine months between the two of them and they're doing a kind of really interesting brand of of like this kind of very brutal very kind of low guttural almost slamming in places kind of tech death where say the the obvious comparison is afterbirth because they get those kind of like atmospheric spacey passages in there as well so the the two members we have uh den Chris Enclock, uh, who does all the vocals, and then Dimitri uh, Korolikko, uh, who does like all the instruments, I assume program drums, um, guitar and bass, and like both of them are kind of masterful at what they do. Den has like the main registry sits in is that ultra low, super guttural, not pitch shifted, just you know, incredibly low, you know. If you can't handle Big Will in in like the art artificial brain after birth, you probably won't love this. But it's sort of unlike that, he does throw a lot of variety into the mix. And something like that really struck me with the previous album of the the opening track of the previous album was all in this kind of like low register, really heavy. But in later tracks, he kind of slips into like a higher like black metal voice and throws like a load of variation in there. And and we we also get that in the instrumentation. So the the kind of core of this still is this kind of brutal death metal, often very like kind of chugging and simplistic. But they also throw in these long atmospheric passages using like clean tone guitars, making this really cool kind of sci-fi soundscape moments and then just moments of like wild technicality like like some really kind of beautiful melodic guitar work in places like some really fancy solos like there's some amazing kind of sweeping over the top stuff some actually wild bass playing stuff that almost puts me in mind of like something like Pavel where there's like these kind of really crazy fast runs that aren't even like they're sort of purposely so not like sort of really in time they're just sort of quickly shredding and adding like an interesting like uh texture there uh the the kind of change from the first album the first album had a lot of shorter songs whereas the 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 new release starts with like a kind of like 10 minute epic which i I think is kind of worked in their favor so 
with the previous album, there was huge amounts of variation, song to song, like they could almost sound like a different band. And what they've done, which I think is quite clever with internal metamorphosis, is they've kind of woven those parts together a lot more. So now, in stuff like the the opening title track, we hear kind of all those elements in there. As a whole, the album isn't entirely longer songs. I mean, it's only forty minutes long in total, but they they do seem to work a bit more evolution into each track and considering how like incredibly complex and weird this music is it's really interesting to hear that change over time den has also found this like new interesting noise to add in like particularly like stood out to me on the track uh, dead space where he does a back and forth between his ultra low kind of like super guttural voice and then this this just completely bizarre noise he makes it you know it's that level of like you know, the first Mayhem album, we are just like, what the fuck are these vocals? That's that's absolutely bizarre. But yeah, when trading off with his really sort of brutal voice, it, it like, I know, it really worked for me. And I mean, I'm one of those people as well, where when I hear a vocalist getting just that sort of ungodly lows like that, it just immediately makes me very happy. Whereas I know for a lot of people, it's it's a sticking point. And I don't, I don't know that this band would necessarily, you know, convince people who are not into that any any way otherwise but i i feel like they they might be a good way to dip your toe into that water just because there is that degree of variety in the vocals it's not just that one delivery for the entire album the, the i guess the only sort of downside to this is the those kind of chugging slammy riffs are not my favorite thing all the time but you kind of the simplicity of them in places almost makes the weirder stuff better. There is that that kind of doing a minute and a half of a very traditional brutal death metal song and then suddenly getting these kind of echoing clean guitars, like just transitioning perfectly into that leads to something really interesting and it's kind of what made me feel this band were very special on the previous album. And I like with this release they've just found a way to really continue that it's yeah it, they've got a very interesting sound and i'm i'm glad there's other stuff in this kind of sort of niche subgenre of of like ambient brutal tech death <laughs>
Now, this episode is going to have some terrible uh, recency bias, because for some reason I seem to love every album that came out two Fridays ago, like, what was it, 23rd of June, something like that. And one one that kind of took me completely by surprise, which I can't, can't find a great deal of information about the band, actually, a very new release, like debut release, uh, is the band The Anchorette with It All Began With Loneliness. So The Anchorette play a kind of very accessible progressive metal where like, their little descriptor on Bandcamp is a project that combines prog rock sensibilities with modern metal energy mixing a fusion of sax flute solo solos mellotron vibes and heavy riffs so unsurprisingly this is something i'm really into and kind of and albums it like immediately put me in mind of our stuff like um kind of a coal era leprous with a little bit of uh, after-era Ishan, um, maybe some earlier Haken in there, before a lot of those bands went down the kind of more genty, kind of heavy rhythmic end. This is far more into like kind of the early years of a lot of those bands where they're far more solo-driven. Like this is so, it's almost entirely clean vocals, some very fantastic clean vocals on this. A lot of amazing hooks. Um, uh, given by vocalist uh, Sylvain Euclair. Um And then I, I believe like, the, the music is uh, entirely composed by Edward Levisky. Um, but there, there, is, there is a whole, like, there's a big lineup to this. We, we've, got, we've got a five-man band um, and then a load of guest people for, uh, as you can imagine, all those additional instruments kind of listed at the start. Um, and it, it just, like, it really appeals in, in a very very obvious way to me as i say it's got those those big kind of uh hooks in the vocals there's some wonderfully flashy kind of lead work in in both the guitar the the kind of keyboards and mellotrons when they have their solos are uh are beautiful the the sax and flute when it comes in is is very very tastefully added in there and they they kind of keep that melodicism from like sort of spilling over into complete self-indulgence i think by having a kind of core of relatively heavy riffing like this is it's you know compared to the last album it's it's obviously not in that vein but it's it's certainly a heavy metal album at its core there's a a lot of detuned guitars playing some fairly you know heavy metal riffs like the the, the sort of the complexity of like the musicianship behind like a lot of this while we're, we're in sort of the less self-indulgent passages of the song it's not ridiculously complex but um there's some very interesting um drum work i and i i really like the sound of the drums on this album it's, it's an album that sounds particularly beautiful actually apparently the album was recorded between august 2020 and march 2022 and the recording was international so it's a a kind of um collaboration of sorts but this definitely feels like one of those projects born out of lockdown that turned into something really quite special i mentioned the drums suddenly very good I, I i really like the mix of this album it's kind of immediately very accessible and i mean obviously a hugely professional sounding sort of very modern crisp recording but the the musicianship is it's just spectacular like the 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 playing on display whenever anyone does get into the showy stuff is is amazing the the vocal range of the the main singer is, is brilliant but just to like he does a lot of interesting stuff where he does these kind of like 
never like quite getting to a scream, but these kind of harsher vocals with like a lot of a lot of vocal fry on them, and then kind of more like letting loose into like kind of you just higher soaring vocals, and then just to to top that off, we get a guest uh, a guest singer come in, adding like a kind of like she, her voice can reach an even higher range she's really cool just just really add emphasis on certain tracks it's like done to great effect in the uh the second track of dead man where she comes in doing these very like wailing vocals over the top of it i, I just really enjoy it and there's there's a huge amount of variety on display here i've listened to it a couple of times so far like my kind of feeling at the moment is it's a very enjoyable album for the for the runtime but it is quite long so it's it's over an hour and i find myself loving it and then as it gets to the last few tracks it's like wow this is this is quite a lot of, of, of this kind of style but that's a minor criticism for a debut as well I, I kind of like that they had so many ideas and sort of weird directions they wanted to take this in um but it's, it's it's very good that you know they 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 are that varied throughout sort of both in terms of arrangements but um of like you know sort of instruments and so on in place on any given song but also just the these structures of the songs are you know very complex and, and ever-changing they, they never settle settle into sort of the same formula track to track but they, they keep it they do keep it catchy and quite memorable um i i, li- I like the the aesthetic of the cover as well it's uh, one of those like sort of quite abstract images you sort of get on a lot of prog albums of this sort of astronaut leaving his gear behind and then leaving a square room that sort of has the te- like the kind of look of space about it. it you know there's a if you're familiar with modern prog it's a common look but i i don't know i feel these guys are doing it a bit better than, than a lot of bands in that style like it's it's a cool image the the band is as well like the the name the anchorette i i wasn't wasn't aware of the word before but apparently it means a religious recluse so fair play to them finding a cool unique word for for the uh for the band name and yeah and the album's called it all begins with loneliness
right, so next up, another very recent release. This is Thy Cataphalique with their album Alfold. Um, Thy Cataphalique have existed for ages. They've been going since 1998 pretty consistently and have like you know, over 10 albums now. I, a band I was completely unaware of until 2021 when their last album, Vadak, came out, which I really liked. So if you're not familiar with them, they are the one-man project of... Uh, Tamas Keitai um, from Hungary, and he, you know, he sort of plays this brand of very progressive avant-garde, maybe slightly black metal-rooted music, but really kind of more into the progressive experimental end of things. With that previous album, I really liked um, some of the sort of longer tracks on it, where he would like fuse the elements, and they'd be like folky parts mixed with like almost electronic stuff and then coming back to more kind of traditional slightly extreme metal um yeah always with that kind of rooting that feels i don't know slightly in the realm of of, of black metal i guess so going into this i i think i sort of had an expectation there was a there was a sound i was kind of expecting to hear and I did not get that immediately. The The opening track of this album, where previously the, the previous album was, was very melodic, very interesting and weird, but never what this next track, which is incredibly brutal Death Doom, complete with a very guttural vocal performance. So, um, with these albums, he may be a, a one-man kind of band, but... He gets in a lot of guest performers, um, and the 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 vocalists on this um, this opening track, Lambert Lesdeksky, is is kind of I've, I assume a well known Hungarian like drummer and vocalist. He's in a ton of bands, I'm afraid none of which I'd heard of, but his vocal performance is fantastic. But it is this slow burn, atmospheric death doom. It is very brutal and. And honestly, the the album continues like that for a bit. It's not till the kind of the tail end of the third track where we suddenly get into what I expect is the, the kind of like cataphalic weirdness, where we suddenly move from this kind of like you know deafy kind of territory into this very bizarre like dual clean vocal melody over this kind of more melodic upbeat riff. It's um. Yeah, just like an incredibly striking change, but something that kind of felt very natural in the song. Obviously, I'm very much in that uh, man who's seen Boss Baby watching a second movie territory here, because I'm basing entirely what I think this band sound like off of the one album that I really enjoyed. They're, they're definitely a back catalogue I really want to work through. I believe it's all up on Bandcamp as well, so it's really easy to get hold of all these albums. Definitely, like something I want to dive deeper into because I think he's he's a super interesting songwriter and does some properly weird stuff, which you know I'm always a fan of. Um, on the album, so he's credited with vocals, guitar, bass, keyboards, programming. So he does all sorts of like cool shit. But then we get like guest fretless bass player, a flute player, a violin player another flute player, a French horn player, and about six guest vocalists. So you're kind of getting the impression of the, the sort of the sound of this. We're, we're, it's heavy music, but with often detours into these, you know, sort of acoustic instrument type leads over the top of things. 
there's a huge variety of vocals. We've got a lot, lot of cleans, a lot of screams, some female vocals, some sort of male cleans. It's, you know, all over the place. Um, but there's some anchors things um, that we have, like, these the solos are almost exclusively, like, the guitar solos are almost exclusively played from by one guy. The, the other side of this as well, actually, for this kind of very avant-garde music, um, by Catafleek, sound incredibly professional i don't know whether it's just my experience this, this genre but i'm kind of used to this genre often being very kind of rough mixes like kind of because because it's niche like very avant-garde music is often incredibly kind of niche so often these things are like these like you you kind of your eye void hanger avant-garde music type labels putting them out and they they will often be quite rough and ready whereas like actually clearly got a reputation where you know they're on season of the miss and they they are having a lot of money spent on their their time in studio and it it, it really shows like it this sounds absolutely fantastic um the album cover, I've got no idea what's going on in him. It's him in a suit, in black and white, in a field next to, I think, like, is it a lamb? Uh, some some very small, small animal. And he's sort of looking kind of happily into the camera. It's a, it's a very strange aesthetic. It really doesn't fit with our opening track. It's uh, it's kind of a, a slightly, uh, yeah, just just entirely built to throw you but yeah really interesting listen if you're you're into any of that like genre bending stuff i think both this and vadak i'd highly recommend you check out for me i think vadak might be the superior album to alford but i i like the way alford is so different to it that you know they both have something incredibly different to offer Next up, 
Um, we're going to talk about Goatia and with their debut EP of the same name, Goatia. Uh, that's G-O-E-T-I-A. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, no idea, really. So, being that the band, I assume, took their name from the second Mystifier album. Excellent, excellent album. Saw those guys uh, two weeks ago. Still a fucking brilliant band. But yeah, anyway... Um, Considering they took their name from from that album, you can kind of get a feel for what this is going to be. Uh, Metal Arcos has them down as a death metal band, but I, for me, this is one of those great releases that just does black and death metal properly. It's it seems like a hard genre to get right. I don't know why. Like on paper, black and death metal feels like something that should just be brilliant, but um, so often it comes across a bit kind of hack and rubbish. I don't I don't know what it is like. I really want to like it more, but there's, uh, there's there's relatively few bands in the genre I truly love. But this this EP really got my attention quickly. So it's a free piece uh, from Washington DC. You might have a little trouble finding them. There's like there's a load of bands with this name and a couple of them from America. But um, the they're I think three quite young guys who are in a load of bands who are like sort of similar level along as this like on debut releases and that i think most famously they have the guitarist demir sawyer of um genocide pack to a sort of the one name from that lot i sort of knew already and yeah this ep is just so fantastically to the point it's 17 minutes long um after like the kind of 20 seconds or so build up the the first just track comes in and just just blows your fucking head off it is it is brilliant it's fast aggressive nasty it sounds amazing like again for for like a debut ep amazing sounding drums like i really like how it sound guitar tone is is brutal the vocal delivery it's this fantastic sort of higher register snarl um and yeah, it's just fast, like pretty complex riffing throughout, and and just like suddenly just gets so so tonally perfect. Uh, when Demi is not playing great riffs, he just throws in these kind of obnoxious noise whammy bar solos. There is there is no breathing room on this album it, or EP. It's it is twenty minutes of getting punched in the face by just tonally. Sp- Bot on black and death metal and and the the band photo even backs it up there's 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 a lot of bullet belts and mesh going on i'm i'm all for it uh yeah it, it it's kind of hard to go into too much detail about it because i think again this is something you're gonna you're either gonna be really into or or kind of <laughs> or, or bounce off i guess um i quite like the album cover i assume it's like a an old style image the um it's the sort of the uh, figure getting attacked by a group of imp-like demons over the band's very good logo. Oh, cool! The cover's done by uh, Matt Scott, the uh, vocalist and bass player, uh, multi-talented guy. Yeah, uh, highly advise you go check this one out. It's just a very, very cool release.
Had to get a clip of that bass slide in there. It just sounds so cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, next band I want to cover is Phlebotomized with their fifth album, oh, fourth album, sorry, uh, Clouds of Confusion. So you may be aware of Phlebotomized, a band from the Netherlands who have been around a very long time, sort of started in 89 and kind of legendary for their release, Immense Intense Suspense from uh, 94, which had like very interesting for having a big lineup like there was a there was like i think eight of them in the band they had keyboards and violin on top of the the sort of um core of the band and and made this incredibly progressive weird sort of melodic album but still incredibly brutal vocals and the follow-up uh sky contact was almost weirder again and then the band kind of split up and disappeared until about 2018, where they came back with it with a new album, completely new lineup. Um, uh, it's just the sort of the main guy, uh, Tom Palms, the the lead guitarist, um, kind of completely reformed the band with like kind of a younger lineup. Um, sadly, the the violin is gone, and the kind of the super progressive, weird edge of what they were doing early on has has kind of gone with that. But I, I think so much of the charm of immense intense suspense is, is its complete youthful weirdness. I don't, I think it makes sense. The band has, has changed in that time. Like um, the fact they've gone in a f- much more kind of I don't know traditional is the right word, but they they are they are firmly in the camp of melodic death metal now, and they do it very well. I I was very into um, their EP from two years back, Pain Resistant Suffering. I thought was you know really tightly written, focused release, and Clouds of Confusion has built on that promise wonderfully. the The lineup um, I think is basically all of them have been with the band since the the reforming, and you can tell they they are just really really gelling as um, as a unit. Kind of standout performance on this is vocalist Ben DeGraff. He has this fantastic low but well enunciated voice. It's just it's you know completely dominating presence whenever he's there and kind of what i like about um clouds of confusion is the way despite it being as a very obviously a model like death metal release it still remains heavy and kind of almost nasty if it wasn't for the ever present keyboards of rob veld over the top of everything this would be a particularly brutal release like it it never like wanders into that like kind of like scar symmetry type territory of of melodicism like this this is still a pretty brutal release if you're not into death metal it probably won't do it for you but the addition of the keyboards i think is is really fun like well used key like a, a band to you know fully lay your keyboards over an album like this is um is kind of fascinating it also has like a hilariously brutal cover with these like sort of um mutilated angels hanging from a tree which um i'm not quite sure it sort of fits with the sound but it's it's really cool image like i i, I do really like it the, the album also like structurally is, is quite interesting of like um the first like, like seven minutes or so of the album is four songs like we have these two tracks uh lacrime and uh desolate wasteland which are like both about 40 seconds and they and they, they sort of the whole album has a really nice flow where they these like barring a few moments towards the end this can more or less play out as one song and i believe it's um 
a sort of concept album of, of sorts but um yeah the, the way the way that sort of those tracks are in there is, is interesting because you'd think 40 second song it's going to be like an acoustic interlude but no it's it's just just heavy death metal like uh yeah really interesting i think for me the album comes into its own in in the final sort of 15 minutes the last few tracks of the album particularly uh dawn of simplicity and context is for kings fantastic song title um are amazing dawn of simplicity leans far more into the this sort of melodic side of things doing a lot with the keyboards even throwing in this this like cheesy but i think really fun kind of melodic keyboard solo in the middle of the track and earlier on adding these kind of almost full orchestral type stuff to it and then context is for kings is just incredibly brutal like the kind of possibly the most brutal track of the album throws back to uh, bendergraf particularly his vocal performance just like really stands out on this and he has a load of great bits where like the music stops and he just like screams the song title yeah it just sounds absolutely great with like the massive lineup they have like there's still a seven piece band um i do feel they get to have like a lot of interesting sort of deviations in songs where you know like a, a lead you're not quite expecting will come in or as i say things get like a little bit orchestral like uh, yeah, just really really interesting weird choices in a lot of places but like i feel for the most part on clouds confusion they really work i i, I sort of yeah there's nothing i don't enjoy in this despite the kind of oddity and and actually for you know big band with a lot of scope to like throw in stuff it's never particularly self-indulgent it's a short album as well it's you know sort of only just over 45 minutes where it's like i don't know i expect a man like this to really go off and things the only downside to the seven piece lineup well other than touring probably being a nightmare is all the band photos look really weird i'm just you're not used to seeing that many people in a band photo i don't know what it is there's something about the optics of seven dudes trying to stand around looking cool is just doesn't doesn't quite work um <laughs> ridiculous criticism uh yeah class confusion i, I really enjoy it i think it's it's got a fantastic mix to it and it's they found a great way to sort of evolve as a band and you know always going to be living up to that legendary debut album and even like sort of the demos and ep before have a real reputation to them so it's interesting you know that one of those bands who have reformed and sort of really found a way to like claim sort of new ground and change up the sound and and i, I for me haven't haven't really ruined things and actually that final track uh context is for kings the last 40 seconds or so of it sounds like it could be like it really sounds like a continuation of some of the me melodies and stuff that are on the first album the majority of the album's not like that it's quite quite different but it's just it's kind of cool particularly at the end of the album it's something that sounds so so reminiscent of um particularly a bit in the title track of the first album it's, yeah really cool stuff
Next, I'm going to cover an EP uh, called Automorphed by a Mog Symphony. Mog Symphony, I think I've mentioned a few times before, they're a, a Mumbai, India based, like, very experimental, very avant garde, um, mainly instrumental um, project, which is more or less a one man band of uh, Visual J Singh, who um, plays guitar, bass, synths, like, records, I think writes and mixes quite a lot of it uh programs the drums and then occasionally has like a few sort of guests on there i really liked their debut um abolishing an obsolete system which like combined this like very techy slightly industrial sort of almost death metal sounds and spliced it with sort of weird interesting back and forth stuff in there in follow-up albums they've gone so weird i kind of I couldn't keep up, like, the, the amount, they just, like, kept throwing more and more genres into the mix, and making some fascinating music, but yeah, uh, a struggle to follow sometimes. I quite like Automorphed, seems to have gone back to some of the stuff I liked about the, I believe, the debut release, There there is sort of more of an emphasis than the previous album on those kind of quite heavy, almost extreme metal parts, those sort of I guess, death metal-esque instrumental bits. Now, if you hate the avant-garde, kind of Igor-esque, all-over-the-place stuff, this band won't be for you. Whereas, like, Catafalique, I would advise most people go out and give a go. A Mog Symphony will be very much for those people like me who like the sort of very schizophrenic kind of music. These songs are short. Like, the, the EP is 16 minutes long. It has, um, has five songs on it. And say... The second track, Ares, is is like it's an electronic bit. Now it's suddenly like rapid death metal. Now it's like kind of a really nasty synth passage back to the kind of death metal-y riffs. Oh, now there's like clean jazz acoustic guitar that's sort of built up into some heavy bit, and there's a sax all of a sudden because, of course, there's a guest saxophone player um, on this. Uh, yeah, adds horns as well. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I think it's really cool. Um, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because I saw this on Facebook the other day and I legitimately couldn't believe it. So the band has a third member and I believe he plays um, uh, synths and keys on every song but actually composed a bit of it. Um, this is uh, Vian Bora, who I believe is the the nephew of, of the main guy behind the project. But at time of recording this, he's nine. I, I cannot... Like... I know you get some young bands, like Decapitated were crazy young on those demos, but this guy is an absolute prodigy at, at, at like, nine. It's like the sort of the bio given for him is he, he likes uh, classical jazz and progressive rock. I assume he's very into, like, his musical stuff and he's getting to, like, hang out with his cool uncle and play this kind of bizarre, strange music that's different to, like, I guess what you would touch in education but bloody hell okay <laughs> and the, the solo he um he composed for decedent the the fourth track is cool and sounds really technical and yeah mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing but i guess you know it's a big world you're gonna you're gonna have some kids who are just beyond skilled and and th this is one of those projects where it has always been highly technical highly weird and very impressive, but you've, you've got to be in a mindset to deal with this. Personally, I, I think it's very interesting. 
So next up is possibly the first time I got sort of super into this year. It came out back in March, uh, unsurprisingly on iVoid Hanger Records. Um, I am far too predictable at times. And this is the second album from At the, Hol- at the Altar of the Horned God. The album's called Heart of Silence. So they put out an album back in 2020 called Through the Doors of Midnight, which I really enjoyed. Unsurprising for iVoid Hanger. It, it's black metal, but it's it was this had this real ritualistic feel. The first one, um, complete with songs that would descend into like clean vocal, very chanting, repetitive, and the the actual core of the black metal was very simplistic and had this. Like, there was something about the nature of it that felt very ritualistic, like this kind of incantation type style to it with the repeating kind of mantras and stuff and i really liked on the first album those few delving into um moments of like those those kind of very low rich clean vocals um the the, the kind of movements away from the black metal were were super interesting and and with the the second album heart of silence um Heliostar, the the guy, uh, Heliostar, um, the guy behind this, has has just made things way way better. Like it is one of those albums where I I believe the follow up is so good that I will probably never listen to the debut again. So he's what he's really taken is the idea of that, that kind of ritualistic black metal he was doing in the first, and those kind of cleaner sort of. Um, slightly goth tinge melodic moments and just blended them seamlessly together tracks like particularly towards the middle of the album um phonic summoning get this so right where it's like the heavy fast um kind of black metal drumming and kind of this straightforward but very powerful black metal riffing but then these low very rich clean vocals uh, just it works so perfectly together and then it will slip into a kind of more like harsh black metal voice if i haven't mentioned already this is this is a one-man project um where the 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 guy behind it is 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 in a ton of bands and he's he's credited with vocals guitar drums uh djembe uh which i think is a, a kind of sort of kind of percussion instrument but it makes a kind of like slightly ringing sound it's uh it's a very cool sound um and keyboards obviously like uh, there's a lot of gentle ambient keyboards over this uh, there is a moment that like really i i think worked so well for me there's a track called god is in the rain which is apparently a suicide commando cover i looked up the original and the original is this very straightforward sort of like dancey electronic number with this quite interesting sort of vocal refrain over it that he's just reimagined into this spectacular song sort of infusing it with that kind of black metal and the sort of the rich tones his album has and it yeah it's just suddenly works so well whereas like the original is you know i guess i guess the vocal melody is cool uh the lyrics are kind of fun but like yeah yeah i think i think he does something really really impressive with this i actually with the previous album i I thought the cover was really cool and again this one's even better this this great kind of image of uh these ghostly kind of animals and this this one body walking across this sort of dark landscape absolutely yeah they're just really kind of potent image i really like how in say tracks like severing light we have that kind of back and forth between these kind of 
big, slow, kind of groove-filled, like, very ringing, echoing tom sounds that, you know, again, have that sort of, like, you know, drum ritual type feel to them. And they blend seamlessly into the blasting, super-fast double-kick stuff, and you kind of, your you're kind of echoing keyboards and vocals will then give way to these faster tremolo picks, uh, like, more classically black metal riffs like it just merges the styles like near perfectly it does have an interesting like i found the, this album kind of interesting in how it just sort of like we've we've listened the opener it sort of brings you in and this the sort of big building track that really sort of grabs your attention like the <laughs> very on the nose title almost but then then severing like the the final track just sort of leaves you cold the album just sort of stops like the ritual is over you're you're back to reality it's uh i know it's interesting but it i, I mean it, it works fantastically well So next up, I'm going to throw in a non-metal recommendation because I know it's normally a metal list, but yeah, it's my podcast. So I'll do what I like. <laughs> um, I think this this band actually, I think, are getting very well known. But if you're into the style and haven't heard them, I think it, it, it will really appeal. So this is Crown Lands with their second album, Fearless. So Crown Lands are a two-piece of, um, I think it's a sort of multi-instrumentalist who does, I believe, the guitar, bass, keyboards, etc, etc, and a drummer slash vocalist. And what this band sound like is Rush. They, they sound incredibly like Rush, particularly sort of 2112, Farewell to Kings, Hemispheres, that kind of era of Rush, um, when they're at the very prog rock, very bombastic sort of long song kind of stuff. Um, and they, they do it fantastically well. The opening track to Fearless, Starlifter, Fearless Part 2. It, Fearless Part 1 is later in the album because prog rock's great. Um, is is an 18-minute epic that goes through all these interesting movements, these ups and downs. We get passages of like kind of more rocking stuff, um, moments of kind of beautiful keyboards fantastic guitar and drum work and vocals that sound uncannily like Geddy Lee like it was really funny coming across the album for the first time because there's about two minutes of music before any vocals come in and you're like fucking hell this band like Rush and then the vocals come in and oh my god yeah uh, and you know 
there is nothing wrong with doing music where you you really worship a band, particularly if you can do it this well. And they they do they just absolutely nail it. Like the compositions are are fascinating, but melodic and memorable, full of like great like moments of melodicism and some stuff that's kind of more prog and out there and weird. The recording is amazing. It it, it just sounds incredible. I've talked a lot about the sort of good drum sounds on this episode, and this is another way. Just yeah, the 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 drums sound incredibly sort of natural and and rocking. It. it just brilliant um apparently they play live I, I don't know if they have a sort of a wider lineup for that but it'd be really interesting if they could pull this off as a two-piece i know it's kind of rush's thing them them playing all those really complex sounds with with just the three of them like in quite a kind of amazing way so i assume these guys are taking it on to, to add to that um the the album covers amazing it is so 70s prog like this very sort of hand-painted style of of flying ships on a kind of like horizon of what looks like an exploding planet just yeah amazing amazing looking stuff like crown lands like they 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 have an era they they really love and um and they they, they are just capturing it so well but adding that kind of like it's quite it's quite a you know modern crisp sounding mix it doesn't sound like a record from the 70s it just sounds very natural and it's eschewed a lot of like the kind of some of the maybe more negative aspects of sort of modern recordings um and create something that's kind of sort of new and vital while like truly kind of looking to their influences it is a funny one to talk about in the the realm of you know a metal podcast though where sort of the quote used from um uh kevin como the uh the the guitarist from the band is we live in a world of 15 second bite-sized clips but there's a storytelling format within the multi-part suite that just really captures our imagination and that's why we're trying to preserve that art form and carry that torch which is (laughs) those really funny things where you're like yeah I, i i can understand that opinion if you would just look at all releases as a whole from music maybe Maybe the album format is is somewhat somewhat neglected these days, but as metal fans, we we've we've never really lost it. I I feel e- even the most kind of mainstream of metalheads is still picking up stuff in album format. Like it's and the kind of long concept albums are still a huge thing. You can you can have hugely successful overblown concept albums in metal, and and yeah, like I I I feel it's very interesting in our sort of niche corner of 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 music um that that kind of thing it's it's not even a discussion of trying to preserve it it's just well that's that's the way you do this like why on earth wouldn't you if you're recording a whole band you may as well record an album why would like you know i get why sort of sort of electronic projects are often released in single format as well because you know if it's one dude at home and he does all the mixing and he's not recording any live instrumentation why not just release every song as you make it? There's no no need to make that necessarily consistent. And if that doesn't fit the form, often rather a tangent here, but I always find this stuff funny. Like um, the sort of the, that that sort of throwback to an old style. We're like, oh, that's just that's kind of just how I consume consume music. Um, like lyrically, it's it's interesting as well. They're saying uh, drawing inspiration from Dune or. Fer- uh, um, 
Arthurian folklore and the Mars rover expedition, as well as hypothetical astrophysics. Again, maybe interesting new grounds in, um, well, interesting ground to be trying to preserve and going back to in, in the kind of more prog rock scene, but like stuff like hypothetical astrophysics. Yeah, it's like that. That sounds like sounds like blood incantation. It's it's definitely a, a common thing these days. But yeah, I, I'm I'm I don't know. I don't know why I'm taking the piss of this. They they are really really good. I um, particularly that opening track. So interestingly, the album has that format where it's like you know very long opening song and then a lot of shorter, more to the point songs and. I do think Starlift of the opener is like the real highlights. It's the twenty one twelve, you know, the huge epic everyone remembers. But there are great other moments on this. Things get more traditionally rocky and less progressive though with the shorter songs. But particularly the closer Citadel, I, I think it throws in some great melodic stuff and is a bit more, um, a bit more like melancholic and and epic in a very different way to the opener. So they they find a way to throw in a lot of different moods there. It, it's just really cool stuff. If you hate Rush, you. you gonna hate this as i say it's, it's very much uh calling on that kind of sound but i don't know it, it just really really worked for me like yeah I, I they're definitely a band i'll be keeping an eye on from now on So I think with these episodes, um, when I'm just doing them by myself, an hour is kind of a good length for them. So I'll do one more band and call it, and we'll we'll definitely do a part two because there's loads of other stuff I want to talk about. So from Crown Lands, who were very much worshipping Rush, like a very well-known band, we move to a band worshipping a band you've likely never heard of. Um, so this is Lightbreaker, the uh, one-man project, and this uh, debut release from Leon Del Murti, who you might know from a lot of stuff he's played in intranaut exhumed uh met one of the main members of impaled was in murder construct like very very busy uh guitarist slash vocalist and uh he does like mostly everything behind this project which is listed on metal archives as symphonic operatic progressive death metal uh the album i can't remember if i said the title was the annihilate the Annihilation of the Annihilids, and the project is fully an Oxyplexigas worship band. So if you've never heard of Oxyplexigas, um, they're a project of Al Svensson, who is one of the founding members at the gate, and is kind of known as being 
the very weird creative guitarist on the first two albums, Red in the Sky, it's ours, and with Fear I Kiss the Burning Darkness. He left the band to work on this project of his own, which was this, as I say, like, progressive, symphonic, like, industrial death metal, or just him and his wife doing, like, his wife did, uh, like, clean operatic vocals, and he did sort of everything else on it. It was an incredibly weird three-album run of concepts about aliens doing, like, the, like, particularly for, like, 1998, when the, the final album came out, um, the, the weirdest to market thing versus his other band at the gates who around that same time would be putting out like one of the most commercially successful sort of melodic death metal albums ever made um yeah so always always an interesting one uh historically but yeah i've heard leon sort of speaking into you saying he, he loved this this band and thought they were doing something so unique that he's never heard recreated since and what he really wanted was a kind of modern re-recording of those old oxyplexia sounds because they have an incredibly strange mix to them it's it just sounds very weird and almost demo like uh despite being recorded in like quite a fancy studio they just have this really odd quality personally i think that's part of the charm but the whatever real real like reason leon kind of wanted that updated and he said he sort of reached out to Alf and, you know, didn't really get much of an answer. So he initially set out, he was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll record some cover versions. And then then came to the realisation, he's like, actually, you know, I write music all the time, why don't I just write an album in that vein? So he's written an album that he's worshipping this so hard, down to the kind of, like, I'm certain, like, knowingly shit album cover. Um, It's, it's like, this very kind of bizarre cgi collage um and and the, the album is this this over-the-top concept album where the entire thing is dialogue between three characters of like ambassador for the annelids the um the scientist and the commander the the uh, the scientist is the operatic female voice the annelids are um leon's like death metal voice and the commander is is the the male like the the baritone operatic voice um i think there's a, there's some other guest vocals but those are like kind of the the core parts of it and what what advantage it has is there is actual, an actual drummer in the form of of robin stone and stuff like that helps it have this kind of mix that is you know sounds more professional um and yeah, it 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 does sound kind of great. It's it, it's something I believe he's been working on for quite a while, and it is is really impressive. It has all those those elements, like you know, the songs are kind of to the point, but all sort of flow together. So the album is just like thirty five minutes, like which you're never gonna listen to in any way other than as this like kind of whole concept. The vocal performances are amazing. They make these very um, you know, very obvious lyrics, these lyrics where, you know, it's, it's in character voice having a dialogue, they kind of make them not silly. It it it's it just sounds really good. It's of course it's it's over the top, it's it's faintly ridiculous in a lot of ways, but the delivery is just so well done. Like I particularly love the voice of the commander. He it just it just sounds great. Um there there is interesting moments where like sort of they let the sort of 
the riffs get more out there um like we we get cool kind of keyboard solos and fancy sort of guitar leads much like the original sort of albums it's based on that it has that kind of almost hard to pass thing where you will switch back and forth from riffs that sound very traditionally death metal particularly over the kind of the more extreme vocals to things that are you know very classical influenced and almost like overwhelmed with with all the kind of keyboards and like programmed instruments the the bizarre just suddenly there being a flute solo which i mean it sounds really cool and then then so- sections that are more melodic that give the the vocalist space so there's just there's so much happening and it's so in your face it is it is hard to pass and i think this this has only been out about like this has only been out since like a couple of days ago so i i still got a lot to digest there but i, I think it's just a fantastic idea of of you know, throwing back to this old sound that no one's done since. So just like creating something that sounds quite unique because this does sound noticeably different to Oxyplexigats because of that very kind of full band feel it has. Like the very, very clean and crisp mix it's got to everything. It's going to be one that take a while to unpack because there is, there is so much going on here. But it's a lot of fun. I, I I really enjoy it. All right, I think that'll do it for this episode. Um, as always, reach out to me on social media. I I'd love to hear what you you think I should check out from twenty twenty three. I sort of asked earlier in the week and had some fantastic suggestions of albums. So yeah, please please let me know what you you think I should be listening to. Um, I'm gonna kind of immediately go and record part two of this, but may well do a part three um might slip into some old stuff in between but there, there's been there's a lot of albums to talk about from this year so i could probably go on for for quite some time but yeah if you want to get in touch um at breakfast metal on twitter phil's breakfast metal at gmail.com or you can search for phil's breakfast metal on facebook um instagram if you message me hopefully i'll get back to you within a day or so so yeah um yeah and uh thanks a lot for listening yeah.